0: Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs.
1: Get going here in a moment with uh, question and answer. Just to remind everyone, uh, for next week, our session is, very timely of course, uh, why the E. coli 157-H7 puzzle is not easily solved. So we have uh, Dr. Tim McAllister, a research scientist from uh, Ag and Food, will be speaking to us on that topic next Thursday. So uh, we'll welcome Ron back. Uh, The usual format, if you have a question, the mic is over on my right. Please state your name. Please be brief. Return to your seat and, uh, so we can get as many questions in as possible. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you for your presentation, Ron. Uh, I'm Ruth Alzinga, and I have lots of questions, but I will try and limit my questions. Um, I'm just curious if there has ever been some consideration. The bridge that I see the greatest need for is another vehicular bridge. Has there been some consideration for an extension for a Pedway? Uh, The the whole thing that I, uh, concern I have, is the wind factor. Up in the air, walking across, I kind of... not resent, but have issues going in the wind to West Lethbridge with my vehicle because it gets sandblasted. And now we're going to have people supposedly walking across that, that level. But you're a fitness person. Is a hill not good for our mojo? And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. If, if there was a plebiscite today, it would be interesting to know if the need is there. Would it be a pedway or would it be another vehicular uh, roadway? The idea of top-to-top... To top, that has merit but what doesn't is that the price would be over the top
3: thank you very much the
2: question is whether or not consideration has been given sure and then the other question we had at our table if i can add another is where would it go you're talking about enhancing and revitalizing downtown supposedly with all these people are going to be rushing over on this pedway where exactly where do you think it would go
3: Okay, I'll try and remember all those uh, questions, and uh, if I miss one, just let me know. And first of all, I'd like to say that I am still happy to be here uh, with you folks today. Uh, That may go down on the scale, but I'll do my best. And one thing I would like to note, or make note as well, which I failed to mention in my presentation, is that we're looking at an integrated transit system so that bus routes would terminate at either end or turn around at the end of each of the two ends of the bridge, and so that you'd have the opportunity to use the public transit as well to connect up to these. Uh, so getting to the question about the proposed third bridge, and uh, yes, there has been talk about putting a pedestrian bridge on that one, but the cheapest way to build a road bridge is still to bring it down to, to grade level for the, for the river. And so you still have a problem there in that you'd spend a lot of money for this third bridge, and you still wouldn't be addressing the needs of a pedestrian bridge because it wouldn't, in all likelihood, follow top of bank to top of bank. It could uh, at quite considerable expense, And geographically, it wouldn't be located where we think it would be best. All right. Uh, Let's see. A second question you had was the wind. And obviously, there are days in Lethbridge when it doesn't matter if you have to walk one or two blocks. You don't want to be out in the wind. And when you're taking your car anywhere, and especially across the river, the winds are horrendous. So there are those days. Those are the days that the bridge use would probably be very, very limited and that's just the way lethbridge is but for a lot of the time and if there was some wind protection on on the windy side of the bridge you know it could be quite doable you know it's just a matter of design we know we've got the winds it's not like it's going to be a surprise for the people designing the bridge it's just a matter of say okay how best can we make this so that we can use it most of the time and there will be days when it's just too windy you don't want to go outdoors Uh, You had two more questions, I believe. (laughs) Oh, the location. That was one of them. Uh, We're looking at a couple locations. Uh, Right now we've had some discussion with the university, and they are interested in having it end up on their campus. Uh, They quite like that idea. One of the problems they have is with the Arthur Erickson, a renowned architect, and his design of University Hall, how it comes up out of the coolies and how they like to have everything on a very linear scale and nothing obtrusive. And speaking with the architects over the last few months, they've struggled with that because they've made building designs that don't really follow that philosophy. So one of the things that they would struggle with would be a design that either enhanced the university hall or was removed from University Hall so it didn't detract from it. So they would be protective of that design and how it looks from Scenic Drive. Uh, The other end, if we were to go up on University property, would be to come into the area somewhere between Radiology and Associates and English Oaks. There's a dog run there right now, and also a path that comes up from the River Valley. So that would be a possible terminus at the other end. Uh, We're also looking at the possibility of perhaps behind Ridgewood, uh, where there's the Bull Trail Park. And then if you came directly across from there, you'd be at the Galt Museum, which would be a nice uh, central located area to the downtown, obviously. Linda, you have a question.
2: Uh, My name is Linda Cavanaugh. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about tourism. We just came back from cycling the Danube and then talking with some of the people over there that had input into the cycle paths along the Danube. They're averaging $93 million a year in tourism dollars from just the cycling. So I'm wondering if you've had a chance to dig into possible dollars that could come back into the community because of cycling?
3: Sure. Tourism, we feel, would be immense for Lethbridge. As I mentioned in the presentation, you know, we don't have the beaches, we don't have the palm trees, and we don't have the Eiffel Tower. But we could have the longest and highest pedestrian bridge in Canada. And what we're looking at doing, too, in anticipation of not only the transit option, where you've got the turnaround at either end, which would be good for tourism, but also areas to park. So that if you wanted to use your vehicle as part of your daily commute, but you wanted to finish it off by bike or by foot, you'd have a place where you could leave a vehicle. And also, if you are bringing Aunt Sally in, who's over visiting from England, and you wanted to show her the sights of Lethbridge, obviously, this would be probably the place that you'd want to take them. And we see tremendous potential. Now, we have had trouble getting numbers from different communities that have built Pedestrian Bridge. So far, it doesn't seem as though it's been well-tracked. But I think Linda's comment about the possible tourism dollars that would come into the community, it would be well, well well-received. And the numbers, as they have noticed in other communities, tourism has far surpassed what they thought it would be because of the bridge.
4: My name is Graham Greenlee. Thank you, Ron, for a very interesting presentation. Wind? What's wind?
3: Uh, we in Lethbridge are used to a lot of wind. Doesn't bother us at all. <laughs> anyway, my, my question is, have you approached CPR to see if the pedestrian bridge could be tacked <laughs> to the high level bridge that's already in place? Well, we've had, uh, we've had indications, you might say. Uh, that CPR has no interest at all. Even with the point of putting lights on the bridge, that in itself is, uh, is difficult. And so to hang a structure on the side of the bridge, there's a couple problems with that. First of all, the contaminants that could come off of the trains. And also, there are some people that are a little fearful of heights to begin with. And if you were to get onto this, and a train goes by, and everything starts to shake, including the platform that you're on, that could probably pretty much be the end of that. And so there's a couple problems there. Uh, CPR and Outlook Saskatchewan donated the bridge to Outlook Saskatchewan so they could convert it to a pedestrian bridge. So it has been done, but while there are still trains crossing our our bridge, I can't see that happening. In fact, it even appears as though CPR is a little protective of the ground underneath the bridge to the point where the city had to almost go to battle with them in order to get access to do the renovations to the nature center uh, just because they figure that uh, the road underneath the bridge is, is theirs. So dealing with them to put a pedestrian bridge up would be a little tough.
4: Yes, Nude. Ron, I I would love to uh, do the Moonlight Run across that bridge someday.
3: Wouldn't that be fabulous?
4: Anyway, my question is more to how is uh, cyclists and pedestrians going to coexist on that bridge uh, without uh, some serious mishaps?
3: I'm glad you brought that up. And, And we've seen this happening in places like Calgary. Uh, where you get the blind corners, and we've had cyclists colliding. We've had some very serious injuries in Calgary. The current pedestrian bridge, for those of you that have been on it, it's, it's narrow. It's too narrow. Linda, do you know what the width is? Yeah, you know you can almost stretch your arms out and touch either side of it. And so the chance of collisions there are are high. You know, you get a couple cyclists or somebody not paying attention, and the potential is there for it, for an accident. The current pedestrian bridges, as they're being built these days, are in the neighborhood of around 14 feet wide. And so what they do there is they divide them. And so one side, you know, they'll paint a little picture of a bike, and the other side, they'll paint pictures of footprints, And so the one side is for pedestrians, and the other would be for wheels, whether you're on rollerblades or whether you're on bikes. And it gives everybody ample width so that you're not taking that risk of colliding with anybody. Thanks. More questions? I can't believe you're so passive, and I'm still happy. Sure.
1: While, while we're waiting for our next questioner, uh, Ron, maybe you could just expand again on uh, your reception so far to
3: different groups that you've talked to. You know, that's, that's been pleasing. You know, on July the 9th, we made a presentation to council, and, and I was at the mic, and the first thing that came out in the Lethbridge Herald was, let's have a vote on whether we need this pedestrian bridge. And I thought, my goodness, People don't even know anything about the pedestrian bridge, and we're asking them if they think we need one. But anyway, we, we won the vote. We won. So we took, we took the first one. But the roast and toast, they came out. And uh, my name was littered on a number of them. And editorials came in, and they thought that I'd had a brain injury since I sold the store, and, and it, was, it was nasty. And people ask me, well, why, why are you still doing this? Why are you still taking the abuse? And the reason for that is simple. Because if you believe in something and you have the dream and the desire and the passion and you know it's a good thing to do and you know it's going to be good for the community and this is, this is the right thing to do, then you keep taking the abuse. And so that's why I'll, I'll take a few more shots before this thing goes away or we build it. But it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for everybody. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your ability. It doesn't matter if you use it for commuting or tourism or economic or downtown revitalization. It's the right thing to do. Yes?
4: Uh, A few. My name is Frank Toth. I always bring up the rear in questions, and uh, I'm not a naysayer, as you call it. But I have a couple questions since you were the president of the chamber at one time. I was... A member at one time, I, I would If I had realized your ability, I managed four car dealerships. You'd have been the top salesman. <laughs> you you got a hell of a pitch. <laughs> but anyway, there. Uh, as a resident of Lethbridge, uh, and I was in the council one time. Uh, the, the the commission, planning commission, elected to spread the city out. And it's costing taxpayers a bundle plus 20 to keep the taxes down we're about the highest tax rate there is in Alberta. And to add something colossal like this to it would be something. I would go along with it, I think all Albertans would be, if the chamber stood to press our government... To finally get our 25 percent royalty that Klein predicated two and 25, then we could we could we we would have money to do this. Do you think the chamber at one time will represent the people of Alberta, not the business business people, for the rightful Hearns money, whatever you want to call it, to uh, to to get money back into the the fold.
3: Well, you're probably asking the wrong person, thank goodness, because uh, that person wouldn't be happy right now if they were standing up here. <laughs> but uh, I'm not uh, part of the chamber anymore, so I really can't speak for them an, at all. Uh, I know in terms of money that's available, there is uh, money coming down for infrastructure for the road to 2017. There's also the gas tax rebate. And, and this is something that mun- municipalities get from the government. They get the gas tax rebate. And this could be applied to a project like this as well. Oh, and and sorry, getting back to the previous question, because I don't think I answered it, the reaction from the groups that I've talked to has actually been very surprising. Once they can see what this bridge could be like and the benefits to the community, the reaction in the crowd has actually been pretty good. Now, there may be a few of you that leave today and say, what a crazy idea that is, not getting any of my money, not getting my vote for it. But a lot of the people, they can see it. They can see the vision, and they can see that this is not a bad idea. And so we've actually had pretty good reaction from people at gatherings like this. So thanks for that question. Yes, sorry, go ahead.
5: Douglas Mitchell, at the risk of being the devil's advocate, I'm just so old that I'll never use the bridge when it's erected. I'll probably be six foot under. However,
3: you you could have your name on the bridge, though.
5: I don't have that amount of cash. I'm just a poor, retired civil servant. Um, the, t- the problem it has been alluded to is that this city has grown outward at great expense, I think, in developing of land. Uh, and consequently, we have three sections within the city. The north, which I suspect has no interest in the bridge further south. The south who are not too interested, unless we go to the university and getting to the west side, and then there is the west, which has expanded tremendously. And I have great problems, uh, having been dealing lately with the city with respect to an environment council, in seeing the city at least uh, visualizing this as one of their financial priorities. And therefore, it's a wonderful idea a pipe dream. I don't agree with uh, tourism along the banks of the of the old man being quite the same as walking over a high level bridge. So I would just like you to address some of these concerns and how you're going to mitigate them.
3: Okay, well, I'm not so happy now. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good question, and certainly with the development within a city. As we've seen, and we've seen places like Calgary, you know, such a huge, huge footprint, and Lethbridge is is not much different. But there is there is talk these days, and there's a tendency to try and reduce and condense our cities, and to try and try and use up space that we haven't been using very well. And so I think, as we see the generations or the years go by, we're going to see better awareness of land use and better appreciation for things like transit, pedestrian bridges, improved ways for people to get around within the community without needing to be so far away and and the development. And, of course, Lethbridge has made mistakes over the years, as many communities have in terms of the way it's been developed. But it's from where we go from here. And Lethbridge is still a great-size if we went about developing trails and pathway systems for commuting, for biking, as I said before, you could get anywhere in the city with a proper bike route in about 30 to 40 minutes. And there would be days when you wouldn't want to do it because of the wind. But there would be days that what a gift it would be if you were to use the Cooley Corridor pedestrian bridge to cross that river on your commute to work or to home, and you could just pause in the middle... Where the viewing area is, and look up and down the valley. What a gift that would be every day that we could use it for commuting. Yes,
0: Terry Shellington. <clears throat> I'm not surprised actually that a good Presbyterian would be posing as the devil's advocate. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, that's an aside. Uh, I came prepared to be a skeptic, uh, but uh, as Frank Tolf says, you certainly are a uh, heck of a salesman. Uh, I'd like to run a scenario past you and see if you think it's anywhere in the ballpark. And I'd be interested in Ruth Elzinga's response to. But one of the things that sh- strikes me that makes this doable is that once you break it down into the component funding parts, it's not a big ticket item. Uh, you know, I hear you saying, well, maybe twenty-five, thirty million. Uh, and I think, well, maybe you get uh, five or six million from the feds in an anniversary year. Uh, maybe you get the same from the province. Maybe you can raise five million, I don't know. Then you're asking the city for ten. Um, would those numbers be anywhere realistic, I wonder?
3: You know, you, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy again. That's, that's a great question. And really, what we're looking at, and as we got into this as a committee, I, there were some nights that I was wondering what I was getting our committee into. Could we really build this for the kinds of dollars that I was thinking that we could? And so I would talk to the bridge designers again, and I'd run my numbers through with their numbers, and they'd say, yep, your numbers are good. And a week later, I'd have the same awful evening at home, and I'd, I'd talk to a fellow that I've got to know from Graham Construction in Calgary, Bill, Bill Campbell. And they've built pedestrian bridges and road bridges. And I say, you know, these, these are the numbers, Bill. Are, are, they, are they realistic? And he said, well, if anything, he says you might be a little high. But yes, you're, you're looking at a project. It could be between 30, 40 million. And we would anticipate, as you said, that we could look at five, six million from the federal government. That shouldn't be too hard to squeeze out of them. And we've been told from the provincial representation that we've talked to that typically whatever the feds give, the province will match. So there's, say, $12 off the top of the price tag. And when we talked to a couple people that have been involved in major fundraising in southern Alberta, they've said for a project of this nature... Where people could get excited about something like this, where we can leave it for the kids and have our names on the bridges, two to 10 million could be raised. Two at the very low end, 10 would be pretty darn optimistic, but somewhere in that number. So another five. So right now we're looking at $17 million towards this project. We're almost up to the Bob Carey level, and that's great. And so just the other day I looked at the numbers because what we're being led to believe that's going to be issued to the report to the city is a bridge longer than the 0.9 kilometers that we were originally looking at. 0.9 is doable, but it means we have to do a little bit of work in the Coulee to get to that 0.9. So they're looking at a distance of 1.26 kilometers. They were also looking at a wider structure, which we don't need. We need 14 feet. Thanks, Marge. Thanks for coming. And so we're looking at a structure of about 14 feet. Now, it's pure math. And talking with our friends in uh, Oregon and reconfirming prices for what does it cost to build in Alberta versus what does it cost to build in Oregon, we're looking at roughly about $4,000 per square meter to build a pedestrian bridge. So it's straightforward math. Using that math... The bridge deck alone, 1.26 meters, 14 feet wide, you're looking at just over 17 sorry 21 million dollars. If we went to the point nine with that little bit of coolie work that we could do, it's about 17 million. Now we need to go up, and talking with the bridge people, if you throw in a few million, you can get to height. So worst case scenario that we're looking at right now is about 24 million. Now we need to do some engineering, we need to do the design work, we need to do all the other stuff, we need to make a little parking lot at either end, we need to do a bus turnaround at either end. So it's going to be higher, but it's still not going to be that $75 million that was pulled out of the air or the $90 million, or the $100 million. But it's a number that we need to find out what would be the number. And we won't know until we spend some money to find out what it would cost. Thanks for that question. Yes.
6: Thank you for your presentation. And I agree with Frank that you're a good salesman. If you stick around for a while, you're probably going to see the Brits. I'm hesitant to comment on the beautification of your city, as I'm from Picture Butte, Evertonis. And uh, we've been talking about the, Brits, the Left Brits since the 40s. That was before I came on the scene. However, if you look at $20 million, that would be the e- equivalent of 60 new homes being built. Is it that much money done if you look at it that way? Or if you divide it by the citizen of left, it to be $222.22. <coughs> cents. Oh, sorry. You know, it, if you just talk about this lump sum, it, it seems to be insurmountable. But, you know, being, uh, being the salesman you are, I said that already, you're going to make it someday.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I, I think if I understand, your it was more of a comment than a, than a question. Okay, thank you. Anybody else have any comments? Uh,
5: Something very precious in in any community is leadership. Uh, Today, you have given us a model of what community leadership is all about. Uh, The facts of your presentation were there. Hardcore facts, tough facts. Homework is being done and the persuasion is there. But most particularly your heart is there with the city and all the other connections that you have with the city. So we're grateful to you for your leadership and for the naysayers, there's going to be a nice collection of them with sharp teeth, put them aside, and remember today, you've been supported so tremendously, I think, by this group, because your speech spoke to us. Thank you.
3: Thank you very, very much. That's very nice to hear. I appreciate that. I really do. And I suppose we're getting close to having to wrap up, but if I could just say a couple more things. Uh, Write to the aldermen, write to the councillors, to senior administration, to the Lethbridge Herald, and say, you know, this is not a bad idea. Because they need to hear those voices, too. They've, they've heard the people that think it's a crazy idea and that I'm a crazy guy. But they need to hear the other side, and they need to see that there is support. And I'm not sure if you know but there was a lady that just uh, left here in a wheelchair not that long ago. She, at one time, was a fully functional, able-bodied athlete. She was one of the best marathoners in town. She was one of the best triathlete competitors in town, and she went to Texas, and her life changed because of a person talking on a cell phone, came around a corner and took her out on a bike, and that's been her life since. And so we've got people like her that we need to build this community for, not just for ourselves, but for people like her so that she can have that same experience as the rest of us can they, she can cross that bridge and look at those amazing views up and down the valley just as well as we can. And so we need to do it for, for people like her and people for like everybody else, the young kids, the little kids, that we want to get active because they're getting bigger every day. We want to get the city more healthy and fit. And when people are more healthy and fit and they can get together on a bridge like this, people talk to each other. And it becomes a friendlier city, and we can do that. So if there's no other questions, I'd just like to thank all of you for your time. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today.
1: Thank you very much, Ron. Well, that's it for today, folks. So uh, thanks for your uh, attendance. And we'll see you next week on Thursday for the talk on E. coli. So have a good afternoon.